The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I'm Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. Today's woman was raised in a low-income family and as a child believed money was bad. However, as she grew into a young woman, she found earning money was easy for her, but holding on to it was a different story. It seemed to just disappear. When her accountant pointed out that she had spent $80,000 in a previous year on eating out, she was shocked and felt sick to her stomach. She knew she had to change. As she searched for answers, she discovered more money meant more influence and impact. In fact, lots more. And she wanted these. So with this new desire became her catalyst for change. She started to use her money differently. Instead of fine dining, she helped children find direction and women to be entrepreneurs. And it was from this place of giving that her story to greatness began to unfold. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Kathy Kristen. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, Annette. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Thank you so much. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about today. So let's get started. (laughs) Let's get started on sharing your incredible backstory. You told me that early in your life, you felt you needed to be a bulldozer, someone who was always strong and pushing hard. So my question to you, how has your approach to business changed and how do you see yourself these days? Oh, that's great. Um, so I really see myself as more of a magnet these days, you know, before it was this like push, push, go, go. And it was so exhausting, right? And when that shift happened, where it was like, learn to be versus go, you know, take time to meditate, to pray, to journal, and really think about what it is that I'm grateful for, what's happening that's already great, and where we want to go, and really looking at it as if it already happened. It was just this beautiful like calmness and the satisfaction of fulfillment, even though some things hadn't happened yet, but I just I knew it was coming. Uh, and with that, all of a sudden, I just felt things start shifting where that attraction, right? And just like magnetizing things, people, connections, um, introductions, and it's been a really beautiful shift uh, and way less exhausting. <laughs> less exhausting. You know, and sometimes when we, I have found personally that when I am in that bulldozer phase, which so many of us driven women can easily oh, yeah. get into, that I miss the opportunities around me. Oh, I'm yeah. So busy pushing. We're like in that zone. Zone. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh man, if I would have like paused and seen this, like, wow, this could have been so much easier and quicker, right? Uh-huh. We move. It's it's amazing how much. For, yeah, like I, I look at it and I'm like, man, we move further faster when we actually take time to pause and be than just constantly being on the go. Right? And that, I think that's tremendous wisdom that obviously you've walked that path and learned that. <laughs> so along your way, you've worked a lot with men all through your career, but you told me that you never felt you had to be like a man to compete. So tell others what this means for you and how it has impacted your success. Yeah, well, I want to I want to honor truth to this. I definitely felt I needed to be a man in my 20s. So when I was a younger manager, I was like, oh, I've got to keep up with them. And so it was that bulldozer, that go, that type A, like masculine energy, which we all have masculine and feminine, whether you're a female or male, right? But I felt like that's the energy I needed to bring all the time and everything I did if I wanted to be uber successful. And it wasn't until I hit my 30s where there was a shift. And I really, in probably my late 20s, you know, but there was this shift where I was like, yeah, 
that's also, it didn't feel completely natural. Right. And it felt like I was, I was just keeping up and I was pretty dang good at it, you know, but I just, I remember starting to, to see and meet powerful, beautiful women. That's not anyone I ever had in my circle of influence. I mean, I had incredible, beautiful women, but not powerful, successful, you know, C-level type executives or entrepreneurs. Um, most of the most successful people I knew and top entrepreneurs were men. So uh, there was this shift and I started really learning more and I got very interested. And I remember I went to a Tony Robbins event and started learning about this. And it was the first time I really heard about this. Uh, I wasn't aware about this in my 20s. I wasn't raised in personal growth and development. And, and I started looking into this and learning. I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that, right? And we had gone through an exercise and I broke down in tears. I bawled my eyes out in that. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I want to tap into my beautiful feminine energy. I want to use that nurturer side that we all have. Um, because I knew that when I tapped, because I'd always tap into that more one-on-one in my work, you know, working with people I was working with and mentoring that would come out. But I said, man, you know, when I think back, the most significant relationships, the most loyal clients, you know, partnerships, I never had like, that side came out. They saw that side of me. And what could happen if I tapped more into that, right? Mm. And I got excited about seeing, because I, I could be very, I was very successful, very successful at a young age using that, you know, that masculine go and keeping up with everyone. But it was that shift of what could happen if I also tapped into this and how much more. And I, I strongly believe that women have this beautiful power uh, where we can do even more than men because we can do what they can do. But man, there's this like nurture aspect um, that makes people feel heard and felt and supported. Um, that's beautiful and powerful when you're in business and relationships. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. So one of the things that when we had talked prior to this, you told me that alignment is an important term for you and that you have strong feelings about it and especially how it should show up in relationships and the actions others sees. Can you expand on what this looks like in your professional and personal life? Yes, absolutely. I think about whether it's at work or home and, and it started with work where things were going on. It's like, hey, we need to do this or whatever. And it just it didn't feel right. And alignment for me is that just that gut, that, you know, intuition that, you know, whatever, but it's just that feeling of like everything. Okay. This is, this is, I can stand behind this. You know, if I did this and people, everyone knows that I did this and the people that I care most about know that I did this, I can feel good about it. You know, I'm not lying. I'm not cheating. I'm not twisting things. And they're like, Kathy, what happened to you? Who are you? You know, like, what, why are you having to do this to, to run successful business? Because the fact is, there are great areas, you know, and the higher you up you go in business, like you find great areas. And it's learning to go, no, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I want to be known for? Right? When people describe me years later, my great, great, great grandkids talk about, you know, mama, Kathy, you know, <laughs> what are they, they going to say? And I remember taking time one day journaling and saying, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in this world? And really more importantly, how do, what legacy do I want to leave behind and how do I want to stand? And so once I had done that exercise, I showed up differently and I looked at things and said, like, that's just not, I, I cannot stand behind this, you know, and feel good about it. I do not want this as part of my legacy. And that, you know, was in work and then in my personal life, you know, and still to this day, it's not always perfect. My husband and I got into it Saturday morning. I was in tears and we went to dinner later that night. And I said, this is just not aligned with who we want to be. This is not how we want to raise our family, you know, and he was sharing and apologizing for his part in it. I was apologizing for my part, but I said, we have to do better. 
Like our kids watch us mm. and like, do we want them? Do we want them screaming and yelling um, at their kids? Do we want them um, they're down? Do we want that? Like, no, we want to be known for lifting each other up, for being each other's biggest fans, right? For being like, we've already identified that and we were not acting in that way. So it's a, it's a process of one, identifying who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? What do you stand for? And then making a decision to intentionally take action that aligns with that. And that when we don't, because we're not always going to be perfect, that's for dang sure, um, being aware of that and making proper adjustments to get back on that track. And in that alignment mode, you were talking about two things I wanted to pick up and, and dig a little deeper on. Yeah. You know, we think that others are not watching. And we, <laughs> and we know with our kids, they watch for sure. But we think others aren't watching, but everyone's watching. And I don't want to point that out as a pressure point, but I want to point it out that it does matter how you show up. So that, for example, if you want to be seen as a competent, put-together professional, don't show up in a Zoom call in a ratty flannel shirt. (laughs) Right? Okay? You know, it's a simple thing. So that's great, great advice. So think about how do you want to show up? How do you want people to talk about you? And then step into that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully, if you have done some deep searching of what your value system is, all that, those exercises, you are aligning and it's not difficult for you to show up that way. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then it becomes, it actually becomes exciting, I think, you know? I think like it does too. Work, like at work, like I feel this privilege, you know, to get to be that example uh, for those that work for me and to show them like what a classy professional, how you treat people how you do things, even organizational things, right? Like backends, like how are we organized? How are we more efficient? How are we, so am I doing the things that I want them doing? You can't say, here's what I want done in our business. Here's how I want things carried out. And whether that's business or personal and then do something different, right? Correct. So again, that's being out of alignment. So making sure that whatever it is you want and expect from your people, you're doing it at an even higher level. And so I think it's a fun challenge and I think it's an honor, you know, to get to guide people, but don't forget people are watching and you can't say, no, do this, but I'm doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do as I do, do as I say, right? (laughs) I know, I know. Parents that are like, why are you effing saying that effing word? We don't do that. I'm like, How are you going to tell your kid not to cuss and that's all you do, right? (laughs) Makes no sense. Right, makes no sense, exactly. this personal front for a second because we're in this now. So you you recently had your first child and now motherhood is a part of what you juggle. And I, I know you hope to have many more children. We talked about that. <laughs> so, what, so what is your formula for pulling off being a mother as well as a successful businesswoman? Mm, well, I will say this right now. It's something that I'm figuring out, right? But um, it has been very important to put time in my day for my son. You know, like I, I remember when I went back to work this past summer, I was like going back to work as I used to pre-child. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm working my normal schedule. And then I caught myself at night just being in tears. I said, this is not an alignment. I worked hard so that when I had kids, I had time for them and I am not spending as much time as I want to with him, you know, and I'm blessed that I have, you know, a caretaker um, with us to help, but I'm like, he's going to be more connected to the caretaker than he is to his own mother. Like, this is not okay. 
So I had to sit down and readjust my schedule. And so now I wake up early in the morning, I spend two hours, an hour and a half playing with him in the morning, doing a workout, you know, with him and using him as a weight or whatever, playing blocks, and then going to work for three hours, then taking a lunch break for an hour, hour and a half where I used to eat while I worked or I was on conference calls. It's like, it's my time right now and spending time with him, then go back for another block of work. But for me, it meant creating space that where my schedule actually reflected what was important to me, right? And so you have to look at that because, man, when you're a powerful woman, we can get it all done. And so we just have to prioritize like what is actually most important to us and put it in there. You know, if your spouse is very important to you, do you have a date night weekly? That's important that I have that, right? Um, uh, If you say your kids are important to you, like, do you have time with them? Or are you after school when you pick them up or, you know, whatever your situation might be, is it, you know, you're ignoring them while you're doing other stuff, doing that, you know, you have to really look at your schedule. Um, So that's what's been in in my entire life. And now with kids is really looking at does my schedule reflect what's important and setting boundaries for my people. And it's actually created a higher sense of urgency with the time I am working. And I believe that I've become even more efficient during that time, because I know I have three hours to complete this year before I'm not going to be available, you know, and I have this year. So uh, it's a lot more strategic, intentional, and I feel like I'm getting almost as much done in less time. And in each of those situations, because you've blocked that time off, you are truly present when you're right, there. Right. You're not Turn off the phone, phone put right, it away. You're not with the, <laughs> with the phone hanging on your left ear while you're trying to mm, hold him on no. your side. And I'm glad you said that because I remember this happened like two months ago, right? And I'd be on, I'd be hanging out with him in the play area, but I'd be like on my phone, I'd be laughing with him, and I'd be on my phone. And then he started just wanting my phone and he'd start playing with my phone. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And so now I put my <laughs> phone, <laughs> I'll leave my phone on the table and we just go play and laugh and sing. Um, uh, and I'll grab it to take some pictures of us. And then I put it away and now I hide it under the pillow so he doesn't try to grab it. Neither one of us are looking at it um, because I noticed that too. So really, like, can we spend, even if it's 30 minutes that you're just like, I, no phone, no nothing, like I'm fully here. Uh, and we all have 30 minutes that we can put aside in our day if, if someone's important to us. And that's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. Excellent way to put it. So leadership is something you teach to others. Mm-hmm. If you were to tell other women what the number one thing is that they need to know about leadership, what would it be? Be the person that you want to teach others to be. Like be that person, embody it, right? Uh, there's a great book I, I give to all my kids to read and I call them kids, like all the people that I mentor and I work with a lot of, you know, 20s and young professionals, uh, but it's the five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. And I love how he talks about the fifth level of leadership and really just being that person, right? Like you exemplify it, you live it. You're not just saying it, you're doing it. So it goes back to that intentionality of like, you know, who do you want to be? Uh, I watch people who are leaders, but really they're just in a high level in, in a company and they're awful leaders. They're a manager because they were given that title, but they don't act in a way where people would really want to follow their example. So that's what I mean when I say be uh, the person that you want to teach others to be and lead by, like they should be able to watch you and what you do and know what you stand for. Um, and that's in front of them in business and even behind closed doors, if they got a peek into your life it matches everything of like who you are and how you act and it should inspire them to want to be that way. So I'm going to dig on that one just a little bit deeper. So how often do you think that people get caught, whether it's as business owners or in their, in the corporate arena where they get a title, a powerful title, and they think that people should automatically follow them because of that. 
I think majority, honestly, I think many people, uh, if I had to pick, it would be the larger percentage of whatever choices, unless they've really taken time. I think that most people, and even myself, when I started, I think all of us at some point when we're newer in that role, you know, we forget that just because we got a promotion doesn't mean that people respect us or want to listen or follow. Some do because they're scared because you're the boss. Uh, but I don't want them to follow because they're scared. I want them to follow because they're inspired and they want to aspire to be where I'm at. I think the majority of us are there at some point, whether it's for a little bit or longer, you know, unless you had the privilege of really growing up in a place where you had more awareness and you were educated on the topic. And unfortunately, um, a lot of people aren't um, until they're in that role. And then they're put through leadership courses, you know, start learning all these things and, and they're able to evolve. But the good thing is that anyone can shift uh, and get there. Well, and also that if you are a strong leader and exhibit those characteristics, people do have something to model themselves after. So when they move into those positions, and I think we do a disservice to our teams when we don't show up as leaders and give them an example to follow as they step into leadership roles, wherever they are in the company. It's, it's a big responsibility, woman, man, whatever. Like when you're the higher up you go, the more responsibility you have, the more eyes on you, you know? So again, you can be like, oh, that's pressure. Or you could be like, wow, like I have influence, you know, right. and that's a beautiful thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I love something you said to me before this interview. You stated, I decided how I wanted to be talked about, and then I started to show up that way. Now, we've touched on it a little bit, but I want to dig a little bit deeper on that in terms of what did this way of thinking, because it was a way of thinking for you, what did it mean to your success and what wisdom does it hold for women today? I want to share where it came from for me. Because this was, uh, I remember I was 24. Um, My cousin and I were two months apart and he passed away unexpectedly. And I remember going to his funeral and um, and he was Puerto Rico, small island. He didn't do much. You know, he went to college. He was was a, a youth minister and he did a lot in the church. We had a little place for his funeral all set up. People started showing up and we were like, holy moly. And we talked to the funeral because there was no way we could fit the amount of people that kept arriving in the in the area that we had. And they said, well, we have a church next door we could use. You want to move there? Yes. We moved to this church, like full of pews, like a pretty nice sized church. The place was packed. There were people standing along the walls. There were people outside. And I was like, what the heck? You know? And I just remember standing there just like blown away. And I said, whoa, you know, like this is nuts. And as I heard people talk about him, as I met people, it was incredible to see how they spoke about him, you know, and just like what he had done and the influence he had in their life. And I was, I was so inspired and blown away. And I said, God, what are people going to say when I'm gone? Like, (laughs) am I going to have people show up like this from all over, like all over the island? People came in from the States. Like this was insane. Like there were, I don't know, like thousands, like (laughs) there were so many people there. And, and it's not like he was some big famous person, you know, like, right. uh, it just, but it was just who he was in his life. And that's what they talked about. They're like, it's such a young man, age. right. The man he was that people were just like blown away. He'd give the shoes off his feet. If someone needed them, no problem. You know, like he had, he just everything. He just wanted to serve. He wanted to give. And he didn't just say that he lived it and everyone saw it and it was so inspiring. And so for me, that was just a shift in my life period where I was like, man, like, what am I living in in the way that I want to be remembered, right? So as we've already talked about this, but it's trickled through my entire life. 
And, and that's been huge in business and personal life, everything, you know? So for myself, like, I mean, it's everything. Like legacy became such a huge ingrained, like it was just this, it was a life altering event, you know, being there. And it's something I always remember. It brings me to tears. And I think it's just so beautiful. And I'm, I'm just so inspired day by day. And unfortunately, I had to live that again. Uh, my sister passed unexpectedly in 2013, you know, and she was uh, turning 29 that year in a bad car accident. She was a special needs teacher. Uh, she was voted one of the teacher, teacher of the year for the state of Florida. She had incredible breakthroughs in technology with these kids and watching these, um, you know, special needs kids come up and some not understanding and that was waterworks, you know, but talking to the parents and the parents were like, your sister believed in my child, like nobody has and made them feel normal and special, you know? And I was like, wow. And again, we have the power to do that for so many people. And so I just think about whether it's in business or life, who are you? How do you show up? How do you treat people? Are you somebody that helps bring the best out of people? Um, uh, And that was a decision I made a long time ago. um, And that goes into any realm of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows. It shows. It certainly does. I'm a wash. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It shows your deep passion for the topic. So not a, not a problem. Not a problem. Your mascara is not really, as you can't see, her mascara is not running. So she's all intact. So, Kathy, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Yes, I would. And that would be just the circle of influence, you know, and up leveling. I, I think that on your journey to greatness or wherever you're at, it's a lot easier when you have people who are thinking bigger than you, uh, who are cheerleading for you, right? Who are supporting you. And I, I know that there was a time in my life where I felt bad for being successful. I, had, I felt bad for having money. I felt bad for these things um, because, you know, people said I didn't have the wrong priorities or I didn't have this. Or if I was going after a big goal, I remember an ex of mine being like, you think too big. I had another ex say, you think you can do anything. <laughs> and I turned to him and I said, because I can. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you think you could be like a neurosurgeon? I go, absolutely. It might take me a little bit longer to learn everything because it's not my passion. But yeah, hell yeah. I said, if I want to do it, I'll just sit down. I'll study it. I'll learn it. I'll go do it. Uh, and he's like, oh. And he'd get frustrated with me because I felt I was, you know, I could do anything in the world. And and it was such a shift and so refreshing dating someone like my husband who is like, my wife is the best woman in the world. She's unbelievable, all this stuff. And is like my biggest cheerleader. And it was so funny, even for this interview, I was like, I'm really not that. And he looks at me and he goes, ha, he goes, you're the only one who doesn't think that, you know, and he just goes off and it was just, you know, so beautiful. But I just think about who's around you, right? And, and it's a lot easier and it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more fulfilling when you have people that are celebrating with you, encouraging you on that journey, supporting you. Uh, and again, those that help you think even bigger and you're like, man, maybe I'm not even thinking big enough. So I'd say, take a look at your circle. You know, who do you have that are givers? Who do you have that are takers uh, of energy? You know, where are you spending more time? Uh, and make sure that you have people that are helping continue to move you forward. And I think that is fabulous advice to to wrap this interview up because soaring with eagles is a whole lot more fun than soaring with turkeys, aren't they? <laughs> the old saying goes. <laughs> Kathy, thank you for being here today. And thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule to share your wisdom with other women. And Kathy is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. 